One second. We're starting. All right. Oh, okay. All right. This is, uh, it looks different over here. I just, I'm getting used to the, the different visual presentation here. Um, we're living in a golden time of our childhoods being represented in, in media, um, mm-hmm. because the people that are representing those things in media were also children then. And so their yes. nostalgia is like becoming our nostalgia. Um, are you ready? Are you ready to do a podcast over here? Are you, are you all <sighs> podcasted out? <laughs> Man, I was born ready. I, I know you were. All right. Here we go. We're going to get, get you into this. If I can remember how to do a podcast, it's been so long. <clears throat> Products of the 90s, uh, early 2000s, and movies and comic books and video this games. Is the first bite mark of the zombie apocalypse for culture here, right? Like, we're coming hey, into if, it. If that's what you folks probably see, some of the topics may be suited for mature audiences. We're not going to throw out any emojis. We may, we may throw out some emoji. Comments. How are you going to do an emoji on a podcast? Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jack Podcast. You're here with your host, Dustin. And today on the show, we have actually a very special episode because for once in my life, <laughs> I have a guest. I have a guest. Um, I have Mr. Matt Williams from the Original Jeek Podcast here. Matt, welcome to the show. Dustin, I am so happy, so happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, my friend. With Matt, we had a wonderful conversation about Thor, Love, and Thunder. Granted, we went off the rails several times, uh, so it <laughs> it was um, it was quite the quite the event. But if you haven't checked out that episode, head on over to Matt's podcast, which is in the details, uh, the description down below. Um, but to get us started, Matt, like, who are you? And what's your what's your podcast all about? Can you tell us a little bit about the original Jeek podcast? Absolutely, Dustin. So, who am I? Um, I'm a black man with a short fuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a uh, I'm a man of many parts. So, my podcast is very reflective to uh, to who I am. So, I was a, a a big sports guy. Still am. Um, I was a multi-sport athlete my parents had me wrestling uh football basketball baseball soccer i i did hockey i, I did i did so much um was all over the place but uh focused as i got older into basketball and football and throughout all that time i was also a major nerd, nerd or major geek uh, geek was probably the bigger term back then than nerd so um, I was a big geek. You know, uh, I watched uh, my mom was a, a Trekkie. My grandmother was a Trekkie. And I was a Trekkie. Uh, I loved Star Wars. I, my uncles were big comic book fans. I was into comic books, had a, a, you know, a modest collection for a kid my age. Uh, I loved playing video games. Uh, I was probably the only kid. I actually, I'm not probably. I was the only kid I knew who had a full-size arcade cabinet and pinball machine in their basement oh what what games did you have on your arcade cabinet uh so it was a single cabinet um so my my 
my mother is actually funny. Um, before we, we went live, we were talking about, uh, you know, adulthood and childish things. My mother always asked me, you know, when I'm going to stop playing video games and stuff. And I look at her and say, you do realize that the reason why I'm a gamer is because of you. Because uh, when the family bought our Ape and Nintendo, the best Super Mario Brothers player was my mother. Uh, we had an arcade cabinet, which was a original Pac-Man arcade cabinet that my mother bought for herself at an auction. Uh, we have, and actually right now in my basement is a Star Trek uh, pinball machine that my father bought my mother for the anniversary, um, which is now lives in my house. Uh, I, I, like that, that's a game. Like that, my gaming comes from you. So you always ask me when I'm gonna stop playing games. Very unlikely anytime soon because you were a grown adult raising me and you were playing games. Like don't don't <laughs> act like don't act like this is some hobby that I just picked up off on my own now. Uh, so uh, the original G podcast came about. Because, uh, as you would recall, growing up in the 80s and 90s, uh, you just weren't allowed to be a jock and be a geek. Um, and I was both. So I had to branch, branch those two worlds. And a buddy of mine, we would have just these conversations and it would start talking about, you know, gaming. And we would start talking about the NBA or the NFL or we would talk about film and anime and uh after multiple several hour in you know of these just conversations i said to him i said you know what? let's just record this and see what happens and he was like all right i'm down and so uh i coined the term jeek by taking jock and geek and putting those two together and uh, in 2015 uh we started the original jeek podcast and since no one else had claimed it we're the originals Heck yeah, man. And so like uh, to listeners of the Culture Jack podcast, you guys will will know that like comic books, comic book movies, video games, anime, that sort of thing is really common over here. What is far less common is talk about sports and uh, talk about, you know, things of an athletic nature. I mean, the closest I'll get to sports is like I'm I'm probably just an actual football. Like I am the <laughs> I'm the I'm the pigskin man. Uh, so um, if if that is what you've been missing in your experience here at Culture Jacked, I would highly recommend you go over and check out some of the episodes on the original Jeek podcast. Uh, they talk about all kinds of nerd stuff, but like he said, also all kinds of sporting stuff, all kinds of jock stuff. And so if that combination, that special secret sauce has been what you've been missing, well, this is an opportunity to fill that void in your life, I think. So Matt, thank you very much for coming to the show. So I have a, a question for you to start with. Yes. What is your uh, official position? And by asking your official position, I'm asking for the official position of the original Jeek podcast. You're speaking for your co-host as well. Oh, on... I got to be careful now. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this. Is... <laughs> I'm taking you to court with this one uh, is on bidets. The <laughs> the ba the bathroom attachment that shoots water up your butthole to clean you out. What do you, what do you think about a bidet? That's an excellent question. I think. <laughs> On behalf of the original Jeek podcast, um, myself and uh, you know, and if anyone finds the show, uh, I go by Rockin' Mr. Magic, my nickname Magic, and then I just added some extra spice to it. So on behalf of myself, Rockin' Mr. Magic, my co-host, 
unique DNA, a.k.a. David, I would say that he and I would both agree that a bidet is a wonderful, lovely invention um, that uh, when used, our wives uh, would mutually both appreciate to make their laundry duties that much easier and (laughs) much less functional. Um, And uh, because we're too old, you know, to have stains on our jaws. Heck yeah. Um, you know, this is, you know, we're too old for that mess. So uh, I think the bidet is a, a fantastic uh, contraption. Whoever invented it um, deserves a pat on the back. And obviously with the French name, I'm assuming it's someone French. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, Americans are known for talking bad on the French and I do it a little too much. So I'm going to give big ups to whoever the French person was that invented the bidet uh, because it is, is ingenious, saves you money on having to buy, uh, moist wipes, you know, you can just, you know, you know, you just get the splash, then you use regular toilet paper to clean that off, and, you, and you're good, and you save money, because, and wipes also clog up the, you know, your, your plumbing, so you don't want to buy too many of those, so that, that, that just kills two birds, you know, with one stone, saves you some money, it's, it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> you know, Matt, I, I was feeling a little bit weird, because I brought up the bidet in the, in the previous episode on this podcast, and I am a big proponent of it. I just bought one, finally installed it. Uh, I've been using it. It's about 50% popular in my house right now. Uh, half of us really lo- love it, and the other half are, are really cold on it. Um, and so it, it warms my heart to know that uh, <laughs> not only are we kindred spirits in our preferred type of medias, but we are also kindred spirits in our clean buttholes. Okay, that was my Absolutely. first question. Second question, you're out of Pennsylvania if I heard correctly. Unfortunately so, yes. Um, okay. How much is gas there right now? Well, um, if you are not a member of something, um, the average price right now is around three ninety nine. $3.99. I just paid five fifty this morning. Uh, I just... I just wanted to compare, um, you, you know, if the one thing that I get from like higher cost of living expenses in Alaska is bragging rights where I get to say, oh, look at poor me, how much money I've spent on gasoline and, and a, a gallon of milk. That's that's what I get. Out oh, of I it. can imagine what your milk costs. Lord, oh. I think I, I think I paid seven fifty for a, a gallon here recently. And that's and that's in like Ow. Alaska proper. Like if you go out into the villages, I think they're paying something like sixteen dollars a gallon or something. Like it's Lord it's outrageous have mercy. out there. Um, y'all just so, need to melt some snow out there and just drink that. <laughs> Forget the milk, or I, just uh, get some powdered milk or something. That that's oof. well. My dog is in heat right now, so I'm thinking about letting her get pregnant just so I can uh, milk, milk her. the dog. There you go. <laughs> we'll have fresh dog milk every fresh morning. Fresh dog milk. It can't be worse than any other. They pasteurize. It can't be worse than goats and milk or <laughs> cow milk or any other milk. Shoof. Okay. Um, so th- this show, we are going to be talking about some of our favorite stuff as children, uh, kind of compare that to what our favorite things are as adults and what we're looking forward to next year in some of these media properties, be they video games, be they movies, be they movies or, or shows or series. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of the big acquisitions that have gone on and are ongoing within the gaming sphere as well as the movie sphere. What was uh, your favorite game and your favorite movie or series as a child? And if you've got a couple, that's fine as well. Oh, man. So favorite game. That's a pretty easy one. And I consider it to be the greatest video game ever created. 
Oh, um, okay. And that is uh, Super Mario Brothers Three. And you're probably not wrong. It's 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 perfect. Because um, as much as Super Mario Brothers One was great, and Two was just you know so different, um, Three returned to the glory of One with better graphics, you know, tougher levels, and then the marketing genius that was uh, the movie The Wizard that oh, really okay. added. Uh, do you remember that movie? I do. Okay. So the, the market, I mean, to me, that was one big commercial for Nintendo. Um, you got <laughs> to see the power glove. You got to see, you know, the bad boy Lucas use the power glove to play Rad Racer, which I remember trying that myself, and it was a hot mess because that power glove, as cool as it looked, was just terrible. It was a hot mess. And, yes. And not that I owned the power glove. My, my boy Jabari, he had a power glove. So when we would be at their house, I would – use his power glove and it didn't it behaved nothing like it did on the movie um that thing was the coolest looking hunk of junk that uh, i think i've ever had in in gaming history uh but it felt cool to have on your arm um but when they showed um Super Mario, when they pretty much debuted Super Mario Brothers 3 in that film um and they showed everybody you know how to get the um the first uh, warp whistle, uh, the, the second warp whistle in, in world in world one, in the castle, and I was, and I thought that was genius because everybody who saw the movie who did not have the game now has this secret sure. that's really not secret, but to you it felt like a secret in your head of this, uh, you know, from the movie, and all those poor suckers who didn't see the movie didn't know. So when you're playing in that two-player, you know, and you're taking turns and all of a sudden you go and you get that war whistle and they don't have it now. Now they're mad because now you can, you know, go progress the game fast and they can. Uh, and it was such a great, such, you know, such a great game. The additions of uh, making the fire flower better, um, you know, instead of changing the color of the pants instead of red, the, the frog suit, which is still my favorite suit. Uh, I shouldn't say that. No, the frog suit, which is my second, the tanuki suit, which was even better. Okay. You know the the, the raccoon tail, which I just still understand how a leaf turns you into a raccoon, but whatever. <laughs> um, you know uh, that was just it was super cool. I remember my my, my parents bought it uh, for Christmas, so we got Super Mario Brothers three, and they bought, and I still have it, uh, the strategy guide for Super Ooh. Mario Brothers three. So we had the entire strategy guide, which had maps of every single level. It had the uh, the card game, uh, all the boards of the card game. So when you got that, it came up, and then so you could get all those extras. And it was just super dope, and it was just a fantastic game. And it's it's to me, if I'm feeling nostalgic and I'm going to play a game, it's probably the first game I'm going to play. And I, I would consider it. If it's not the greatest, it's the top five greatest game ever made. That's a that's a hell of a case for Super Mario Brothers three. Super Mario Brothers three also like improved on the mechanics in such an incredible way from the first Mario uh, game. In in that like a lot of those old games, if you go back to them, whether they're they're Mario or you go back to Aladdin or you you know you're playing, I don't know any of the old Batman games for the Sega Genesis or anything like that. The the characters. Like they don't, the, the, the physics of them don't carry about in a normal way. And sometimes you will jump straight and you're, you've got momentum going one way, but if you stop pressing the button, you'll go straight down. Straight and down. so the, there's no momentum. There's no like 
regular real world physics, but right. Super Mario Brothers three, it really took that physics thing to the next level. So a character, uh, the little sprite would respond in yes. the same way that you anticipated a real world object would. So that incredible, oh, yeah. the, incredible the skidding, choice. the slides, mm -hmm. the precision. Um, yeah, I mean, th that was so much better than the struggles we had in Super Mario Brothers 1, where the slightest oops and then you're falling down, you know, into a, into a pit and it's like, and you're just like, ah, but you, you didn't have that with 3 because you had just so much more control and uh, and the pratfalls that you had within like the water world of the giant land or uh, world 6 with the ice, which for those who don't know by now, if you're in world six, which is the ice, you're always slipping and sliding no matter where you are, except, and I always saved it. I always saved one for this. The frog suit does not slip and does not slide. So if you use the frog suit in world six with the ice, there's no slipping, no sliding. It's all precision hopping and going. And it's the best way to survive it. I always use one frog suit in water world and one frog suit in the Iceland for those who are not experts at Super Mario Brothers 3. So you see, guys, uh, you you come to this podcast not only for witty repertoire, not only for hot takes on bidets, missing teeth, and puking dogs, but you also come here for the hottest gaming tips and, may I mention, the most timely gaming tips. Like, this game is going to be huge. That is, yes. <laughs> that's what we think. Anyway. It came out in 1989, and it's going to be huge, it's, I tell it's you. It's going to be bonkers, this one. Okay, what about your favorite movie as a kid or your favorite series as a kid? What did you really enjoy? Wow. Um, man, that is tough. Um, and it's tough because I am such a... I consume and I've consumed so much media <laughs> in my time. Like I really wonder how great I could be at something else. If I hadn't consumed so much media, if you practice uh, the clarinet instead, well, you, here's the thing. So, um, prior to my, uh, my show, uh, we got, we talked about some of the various things that I did. So I was just as busy as a kid. So when I was doing all those sports, um, that I played as a kid, from ages four to 14, I was also a violinist that was practicing five, six days a week. Um, nice. Classical violinist. Yes. I was in part of many ensemble and many, uh, a junior orchestra. Uh, so I was practicing for hours on top of all the media I consumed, um, which was a lot. So, Oh man. So most of the time when people say, what's your favorite movie? I tell them, or favorite this, I tell them, I really can't answer that. I generally have a favorite per genre. I'm not um, going to let you out that easy, but, though. But uh, yeah, but man. Oh. And it's funny, it's funny because uh, you guys, uh, you haven't heard the episode yet, or maybe you have. Maybe you're coming from the original Cheek podcast, but we're coming hot off the heels of another podcast we recorded over there on uh, his his podcast. And Matt was telling me he's he runs three podcasts. He he's got uh, two daughters that are in sports. He's got uh, all kinds of things going on, not to mention multiple businesses that he's doing, plus the the, the work that he's doing studying uh, for certification. Um, so it's it's funny to hear because like all of that, I can't get one podcast off the ground. And he's got all of that going on. And now he tells me that he was a classically training violinist 
as well. So, uh, Matt, yeah. where where do you find the time? Well, I don't sleep much. Um, <laughs> and thank God I don't require much sleep because, I mean, as a kid, you know, I would be up at 530 or 6 because I, you know, to get for, for school and I get home and it would be a snack and homework and then straight to either wrestling. Age four, I was in wrestling and violin. And then that became um, wrestling in the winter, um, track and field in the spring, and still playing the violin. And then football came in there, and then soccer came in there, and then uh, baseball. And then after I got rid of baseball, um, I started. <laughs> I, started I, I love I, baseball was my favorite sport, but I can't throw. I throw terribly. Um, so I had to play in. They put me in out in right field because I couldn't throw well. Um, I could do everything else. I could hit with the best. I could run. I could do. I could catch. But you asking me to gun down somebody from the outfield or even from you know from first place? Nah, I just I don't have I don't have an arm like that. You played a violent uh, game of baseball, gunning them down, taking them out, getting rid of baseball. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I had some great collisions with with catchers scoring runs. That was fun. Um, I didn't mind doing the dirty work trying to you know collide with the second baseman, running to running the second to try to break up a double play. Um, and I was like, I, I love Ricky Henderson. He was one of my favorite players. So I used my track and field speed and ability to to steal a lot of bases when I got on base, um, which was a decent amount. I, had a, I, I hit above three hundred, which was pretty good as a kid. But if you ask me to throw the ball, I don't I mean, don't ask me to pitch. That was that was horrible. Uh, throwing was not my thing, so I quit baseball pretty quick. But uh, replaced that with basketball, and all throughout that time, I'm playing the violin. And I did take two years um, during the violin and all those sports to play the trombone, the slide trombone for two years. On top of that, so. Man. Matt, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You're doing it again. Uh, on <laughs> on your podcast, we would go off the rails and we would go down rabbit holes and we get sidetracked and distracted. And you're doing this now. Sorry, as, I mean, let me let me let me let me rein it in back into. Um, I don't want to let you get away without telling me what your favorite movie was. Uh, he's he's caught on to the game. Um, okay, I'm going to say. I'm going to go based off of how often I would watch things. And my wife to this day hates the fact that I rewatch things all the time. And I don't understand why that's a problem, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and I, I like what I like. Like, I don't understand why rewatching things is, is such a bad trait. And like, that's, yeah, I, I would think a woman would appreciate a man who appreciates the same thing and not looking for new things all the time. But what do I know? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I would have to say, you know, I watched uh, Star Trek Four a whole, 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 whole lot. Okay, um, I watched that movie. Yeah, I mean, it, if I had to pick one, I watched that movie a lot. I also watched because um, my my parents would, you know. If, if anyone listening to Culture Jack Podcast is old enough to remember free Disney weeks. Um, so Disney Channel was not always a regular TV channel. It was a paid channel. 
and they would have free weeks to kind of be like a preview to entice you to want to subscribe to the Disney Channel through your cable provider. And when those weeks would occur, my mother would buy a bunch of VHS tapes and tape a bunch of things that we wanted to see during that Disney week, and then I would rewatch those tapes. So uh, I would say kiddishly, I watched The Parent Trap about 50 million times. Um, so that that was also something that was that's really up there on I know I watched it a ton. But okay. Star Trek IV um, is my favorite Star Trek movie. It's not the best, but it's my favorite. Um, and I watched, I don't know how that, that VHS tape is still physically together. I watched that thing. So many times. <laughs> my, my younger brother, when we were, when we were little, we, um, we watched, there was a Casper, the ghost movie. Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, with Christina Ricci. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. anyway, there's a, there's a part where the bigger ghost, uh, came out of the wall and he made like, I don't know, he made some obscene gesture or noise or something. And my brother thought it was so funny. My younger brother, he thought it was hilarious. And so he kept rewinding to that part on our VHS player. He rewound that movie so many times it broke our VHS player and Casper, the friendly ghost, a movie rental from our local rental <gasps> uh, store was stuck inside the VCR. Oh my God. He laughed so hard at that. Oh I will, uh, my forever God. remember that. That um, is hilarious. So uh, you're you're my guest. This isn't about me, but I want to make sure that you don't feel like I am just purely putting the onus of this show on you. So I'm going to tell you my favorites as a kid as well. Okay. Um, so I have I have two games. I uh, you're going to make me decide between them because I was such a stickler for you as well. Absolutely. I, you I better don't, believe it. I don't I don't blame you for it. Um, so Zombies Ate My Neighbors was a, a Super Nintendo game that I played a lot. Uh, okay. It, it was kind of a top-down uh game and you you'd go about getting like squirt guns and water balloons things that kids would use to fight zombies and you'd fight some zombies the other one similarly top-down view was a licensed game uh called true lies if you ever saw the arnold schwarzenegger movie true lies they had a licensed video game uh on true lies and it was it was a whole lot of fun. And so between the two, I'm going to pick Zombies Ate My Neighbors because okay. my brothers and I, we had a, a, a good time. It was a two-player co-op game. You could be, there was a boy and a girl you could be, and you could run around the neighborhood. Um, as a small, small child, I enjoyed Unico. It was my favorite movie. It's an okay. it's a, it's a old anime about yeah. a unicorn that gets lost and has to grow up to become like a great unicorn, but not... The original Unico, it was the Unico with the wizard. And I can't remember which one it was, but like he was an evil wizard that turned people into like these clay beings. Okay. And then later on in my youth, the Matrix was, you know, it's a pop culture phenomenon, but it was still one of my favorites. So between Unico and the Matrix, I'm going to go with Unico just because, uh, you know, I was younger than it's my childish heart. And I've watched it since. And I know you're a fan of anime. Um, Yes. But this isn't like probably like an action-packed anime like you'd like today. But if you've never it, seen is, Unico, is it more like is it more like Kimba, the White Lion style? It's, it's, yes, exactly. It's it's very much in the same vein of of Kimba, and I don't know if Tezuka had anything to do with that as well. Mm-hmm. But it's it's got a lot of the same fashionings as Kimba. Nice. Great name drop, by the way. Okay, we're gonna move into like. Today, uh, your your current self, Matt, what is your favorite game and movie from today? 
my favorite game to play, and I and I've been on a fortunate, unfortunate, just been on a. Uh, my desire to play has waned um, in the past few months, um, but my favorite game to play currently is Destiny Two. Destiny Two. Oh, what what appeals to you about Destiny Two that it is your your current favorite? Oh man, it's it's funny because like um, I'm really not an FPS guy. Like I was on the GoldenEye kick as every almost everyone was. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you know, with GoldenEye, but and I played some. Um, you know, Call of Duty when Call of Duty first came out, but I really wasn't that good at SPSs, and um, I just it wasn't they weren't the most enjoyable to me because it was you know kind of the same thing over and over again. So, um, and I was actually late to the Destiny party. So what's really cool about it and what really keeps me is one, it's got great gun mechanics. So if you if you're gonna have a, a shooter, it needs to have great gun mechanics, and I think Destiny has the best gun mechanics. Um, two, um, it's in space and as an eighties kid, you know, I love, I love space stuff. It was, a, you know, in a space age and it's very sci-fi. And then each of the classes that you can use has different type of power. So you're pretty much, um, you're, you're space wizard soldiers, um, and you're <laughs> fighting aliens and, uh, and it's, and it's a lot of fun. And then I also really love the co-op part. So you can play solo, but it's designed to be a co-op game. So you you can, you can do, um, there's PvP. You can do three-man missions called Strikes. You can three and uh, do up to three um, three people into in your party doing story missions. And then you can, then there are raids where it's um, up to six people uh, in your fire team to complete a raid and the raids are the most challenging uh, and they often will have uh, puzzles. Um, they'll have either, uh, you know, platforming aspects to, to get across. So you'll, you'll have what's called an encounter and you, you beat the encounter by figuring out, you know, kind of what the puzzle is by killing a certain um, number of things or you know, standing on certain plates um, and, and protecting them from other things. And you beat that encounter. Then you traverse through, uh, through the area, you come to another part where you, you know, find a hidden chest and stuff where you can get armor pieces and new guns and stuff. And and you go through an array, a good raid will last two and a half, three, three hours is a Dang. good average time for a good raid. And then and it's, you know, it's you and your and your fire team of six um, or less, depending on how good you are. And, you know, you're communicating and, and such and you have to work and you have to work together or you're not going to you're not going to beat it. Um, and it's, and it's cool. And I've met, I've, and I've made some really cool, you know, um, gaming, gaming friendships for people I've never met IRL that are in my destiny clan, um, that I've been friends with for, for years now. And, um, that's so cool, man. You know, people that I've, um, that is, you know, if we met IRL, we, we would break bread, but these are people I've talked to. These people I've texted, these are people I've prayed with, you know, that, you know, that they've confided in me about, you know, their families, their kids. Um, we've even had those uh, conversations you're not supposed to have about religion and politics. And, um, you know, like one guy uh, was like last year, he was like, all right, I said, I have to ask you something. I'm like, okay. It was like, it was just a weird way to approach it. And he's like, I need you to talk to me about CRT. I need to know what it, what it is from from your perspective. And this guy is an educator, mind you. Like he works in 
<laughs> he's an educator and he's asking me um, about CRT. So like, and the fact that even though we've never met IRL, the fact that he was comfortable enough and trusted me to uh, to talk to him about such a, uh, a politically sensitive topic. Sure. Um, so it's, 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 so it's just, Destiny has, it's, it's a really cool way, a uh, pretty cool game in this, the community um, that you can have, you can grow that's not, you know, and that's not toxic is, is so cool. So that's, that's why Destiny 2 is my favorite game to, to play right now. So like, it's so cool to hear you say, and cause I, I've made a bunch of friends online playing video games as well. And there is such a huge opportunity for that kind of kinship to develop that kind of relationship to develop where even though you've never met a person you can like you say confide in them you can uh you know laugh and have a good time and if you were to meet them in real life you would be happy to sit down with a meal with uh, with them or, or join them for a beer or something like that Absolutely. uh and it it is it is cool to hear uh, especially because a lot of the communities online, a lot of the gaming communities can be very toxic. And we've oh all heard, heard horror stories about, you know, how people are just so nasty online. And so it's, it's just nice. It warms my heart. And that's, that's the soul. reason why I, I will not play call of duty because I'm not having some 10 year old kid trying to cuss me out. Um, right. Cause I will, cause I will one, I will find their IP address. I will find that child. I will take off my belt and whoop that child like their mama or their daddy should have. I am not playing that game. I, I'm not. I'm not playing that game with these kids out there with these mouths. I'm, I'm not doing it. I, I take uh, enough. I, I hear enough lip from my own kids. I, I'm not. I'm not taking from somebody else's kids. If I can beat my kids, I can. I can whoop my kids. I can punish my kids. I can. Oh, I can take my kids' phone, you know, iPad and whatever away from them. You know, I could put my belt to them, but these are these kids. Shoot, not no, nah, I'm not the one to play with. So, yeah, yeah that, Destiny's community being so not toxic compared to Call of Duty's community or or NBA 2K, which has another volatile community full of people talking too much, Mac and running their mouth way mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. Madden's online community is way too toxic for me. I bet I, I, I ain't got time for that. So, uh, a positive online community uh, is, is a great thing, and I love hearing stories like mine and actually a, a friend some friends of mine online friends of mine um they actually got married um and they met through mass effect so, no way yes that's yeah. so cool mass yes, effect yeah. of all games too that's interesting yeah mass effect's a good game series okay what about your what about your favorite movie like now that you're clearly out of out of childhood you are uh, no longer you're just a, a regular old adult or regular you know, whatever age we are adult. Uh, what is your favorite, favorite movie or series? Oh, man, that's another tough one. Um, oh man, favorite movie. <laughs> would you like me to, would oh, you like man. me to jump in while you think? Let me, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause you know, all right. All right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw some, because I truly, like I said, I truly don't have a favorite favorite because I, I separated and segmented in my mind by genre. So like, if you said, what's your favorite comedy? Boom. I've got it. What's your favorite, you know, um, action movie or whatever. Um, I would say that, um, if I had to pick one movie to watch for the rest of my life, 
because that's what I the didn't seven even go that would far, be. Matt. But no, but but like for me to narrow it down like that, it would have to be like those dire straits because okay, all right, um, gun to your head, this is the movie you get to watch. Man, and I'm, I would I'm have to... doing this because I am. I'm very excited to have you a guest over here on this podcast. Um, and I I hope to, I plan to have you as a guest again if you are so inclined. Definitely so inclined. I'd like to get the culture jacked audience to get get to know you a little bit. And no, the way that I share my love is through the love of the media that I consume and the things that I enjoy. And I think they're they're getting to know the real Matt right yes. now with your favorite movie, which is Which is gonna I'm you know okay, I'm going to say it is a tie between <laughs> between coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop. That's okay. the farthest I can narrow it down. And I and I say those two because um they're hilarious. Um they you know one obviously has a little bit more action than the other. Um but for me like I can watch them over and over and over and they never get and it's it's not old. Um I laugh the same 20 years ago, the way I, I laugh over it. No, it's not 20 years ago because I'm 40. Um, so I've been laughing the same over those for the past 40 years. Um, and it just, it, they don't get old. Um, it's really tough to pick one, but um, all right, I'm, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do I'm going to say. Do it. I'm, Make I'm, a commitment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Here we say, go. I'm going to say coming to America. Coming to America. All right. Excellent. Did, say you coming see to the, America. did you see the sequel? You know what? I haven't seen the sequel Okay. It's in my queue to watch. I haven't seen it because I'm so – I have so much trepidation on, on, on watching it. I just – I don't know. I, but so, I haven't seen it. I mean, no, I'm going to watch it, but I just haven't seen it yet. So, Matt, let me, let me tell you what I think about reboots and remakes and then, like, nostalgic sequels like Coming to America, number, number two. Uh, yes. and, and, and this audience has heard me talk about it a bunch already, but you can't – and, and I don't know if this will help you find solace or help you find um, maybe peace with the fact that there is a sequel that is relying so heavy on the nostalgia. You cannot ruin an original thing based on a property that spun off of it, based off of a reboot. The reboot can be maybe not as enjoyable as you would have liked, but it still does nothing to the original piece of art that piece of art is still the same thing that it was when you originally enjoyed it so i would say yeah. i i understand your trepidation oh believe me i understand your trepidation it's like with death note the anime versus death note the live action which Netflix. i still haven't watched because i'm scared of that too <laughs> let me tell you let me tell you how to watch the death note live action version without um that same kind of anxiety so you go into the death note live action version not thinking it is an adaptation of death note think of it as a new property as a unique entirely. property and, okay and that will give you some kind of solace because it's not bad as a unique thing it is by far not the anime and manga of right. death note but it is it's all right as its own thing so don't expect the characters to act the same don't expect but if you go in with like a fresh perspective with your love of movies and storytelling that you have yeah i think you will enjoy it i think okay well i've been on a journey um to try to do that more because like you're talking to a hardcore trekkie that did not go to the theaters to see 
2009 Star Trek because um, I had heard that all the main characters were going to be at the Academy at the same time. And I'm like, no, that doesn't make any freaking sense. <laughs> what are you talking about? Bones is like 60 and Jim is 30. And Spock had already been on Starfleet and served with Captain Pike. How is he at the Academy at the same time? And 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 Jim is a is it Jim's thirty? And Sulu had just gotten out of Starfleet, uh, Starfleet Academy. And same with Chekhov. Chekhov's like a whole supposed to be like a whole seventeen. And Uhura had been on the Enterprise not as long as Spock, but longer than Kirk, and then longer than Scotty. And I'm like. You know, that's so how I bought this original canon in my head, and I'm like, I refuse to watch this movie. And my parents went and saw the movie, and my dad was like, You haven't seen it yet? I'm like, Nope. And I'm like, I just can't get over this. And I'm like, Unless there's some like time travel or some alternate universe thing going on. And he goes, Oh, well, there is. I'm like, Okay. Well, now I can wrap my head around it. So then I finally watched, and of course, I loved it. Um, but since then, I have been trying to embrace that these reboots and remakes and for those listening i don't even know if you've heard any of these yet on any episodes you listen to dustin but on the original jink podcast we have a segment called the reboot police okay unique dna and myself um we we pull over um proposed reboots <laughs> or remakes and we uh kind of you know pose different questions on who asked for this um you know and uh yeah, there's, for example, uh, I think the most recent one I did, uh, the reboot police was on the proposed "Who's the Boss" remake. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's because that's because no one's asking for a "Who's the Boss" remake. No one, who, who's asking for that? Not, I mean, I loved and enjoyed "Who's the Boss" during his time, but I haven't I haven't heard a single person reminisce so fondly over "Who's the Boss" that. It would spur somebody to to reboot that show. I I I, I don't I don't know. I, so I just I don't same... some some things. I guess I everyone wants to reboot everything right now. I don't know. It's the it's the same people that are rebooting, uh, not rebooting, but like making all this Marvel stuff that we enjoy. Like it's they enjoyed it when they were kids. Someone who enjoyed Who's the Boss when they were younger, and they're like, I need more of that in my life. I'm gonna make I mean, it. I, I mean, Alyssa Milano is still fine. I get it. Um, <laughs> I get that. Tony Danza looks great for being like sixty something or seventy. I get be, that. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like Who's the Boss was a top ten sitcom when it was out. I mean, it was good. It was fun. But it's not like it. It wasn't the Cosby Show, you know. It was it was you know which dominated you know sitcoms right. you know it, it it doesn't have the overarching popularity of a Full House you know like it's not one of those everybody talks about sitcoms it was, it was who's the boss like, it's like it's like well, what, re- what's next are we gonna try to do a Family Ties reboot or they uh, well they rebooted Dallas they that they, was a hot okay well okay you mentioned i didn't see dallas. it i didn't see it but no, no, I, 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 I heard I, they I, okay i watched some of it <laughs> it was a hot mess but i understood why they rebooted dallas because okay. dallas was a cultural phenomenon and when they shot jr that was the question around the country was who shot jr so i you didn't have to like the show to know who to know that everyone was talking about it. like everybody was talking about it so i got 
I understood rebooting Dallas because, like, okay, if you can catch that magic again of right. having everybody talk about this show, I get that because it was up there as far as the show. It was only it was the only prime time soap you had. Every other soap opera was during the daytime. It was a prime time soap opera, so that made sense trying to recapture that. But who's the boss? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not in charge of these things. <laughs> yes, I'm, I, I just, I mean, and, there's certain that I, now there are reboots I would like to see, um, but I, I have a top ten list of of TV shows I think deserve a reboot um, because of either the premise was cool or the technology is so much better now you can do it better, um, or you know it had an okay run or it kind of got shorted and I think a modern version would be better, but. Some things had its course and just need to, like, are you gonna are you gonna redo Taxi and call it, you know, Uber Chronicles or something? Like, <laughs> some things just need to be left alone, you know? Yeah, I, I, Matt, we agree on so much, and I just have to, I just have to part ways with you on this one thing. I want oh, them to, re- I want them to reboot everything. I want <laughs> everything, oh, all wow. of it. All of it, the most obscure 80s animated property that was only on at Thursdays at six o'clock in the morning. I want it all rebooted, Matt. I want <laughs> I want to get back to a time where there is no original content. It's all <laughs> it's all nostalgia drivel. OK, well, that would be an interesting network. You know, it, it the, would be the nostalgia network. That's all classic and then reboots. Well, I mean, that's what Disney's becoming anyway, right? It's like Pinocchio yeah. just got re-released, that that's almost true. beat for beat. Um, we've got we've got two, we've got the two uh, Race for Witch Mountains, and we've got uh, nostalgia's big the, money, the, the, man. The, oh, I, oh I, I, no, I get it. I mean, nostalgia is crack. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, legitimately, nostalgia is it's addictive. It, it really is. Um, like you know. Because you have kids right now who are nostalgic for the remake remake of the Parent Trap, who never saw the original Parent Trap. Right. You know? um, I mean, even myself, like I'll I'll get into watching uh, the new Doctor Strange or uh, Miss Marvel, and they hit that little piano note for the X Men. They did Oh yes. And and just that, I feel the goosebumps just race up my arm. The like the the something in my spine gets tingly like i know about that nostalgia so we uh we've gone through what your favorite shows were as a child and now as an adult yes um also just in the in the for the sake of fairness here ori in the blind forest is a game that is my favorite game uh today so if you've never played ori in the blind forest another recommendation for you. It's a 2d side scroll and you're a little Fox creature and you roll through the, it's just beautiful. It's uh, so aesthetically pleasing. The art is so fun in it. Uh, and then as far as my favorite movie or series, if you have not seen arcane on Netflix, you are doing yourself a absolute disservice. I heard that's that, great. It is so good. Every second of it has meaning. Every second of it is purposeful, intentional, and the art style, it is animated beautifully. The soundtrack is incredible. Like, from start to finish, that first season of Arcane, I hope they do a second one soon because I'm really itching for more of it, but Arcane is uh, is top-notch. So, I'd like to move on. What is your most anticipated game now of just next year? 
of 2023. What do you think? Oh, man. So it's – okay, I have two games that I'm really looking forward to. I okay. don't know which one is coming is going to come out first, so I can't pick one or the other because I don't know which one's coming out first. Okay, so fair I'm enough, assuming. fair enough. So uh, the two games I'm looking forward to most, and I'm, pre- and I'm not going to buy a PlayStation 5 until um, they come out, and that is either Final Fantasy 16. Oh, yeah. Or um, the Knights of the Old Republic remake. Okay. Okay. I think Final Fantasy 16 is most likely going to come out before the, the KOTOR remake. Just yes. because I think there were some development problems with it or some publishing problems, if I'm not yes, mistaken. It, yes, some development problems and it got pushed back. Yeah. Uh Good picks, solid, solid choices. I'm, I'm gonna go with Starfield for myself. Oh, uh, uh, that, that's on my list. It looks well. good, man. And, I, and I'm, mean, and I'm gonna buy an Xbox Series X just for that game. Uh, if you're buying an Xbox Series X, we need to game together, man. I don't have Destiny Two, but I could get it. Um, also, there's other free games. There's like Apex Legends, Fortnite. Those are free, free shooter games. If you want to do some Rocket League, we could get together and do some Rocket League. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, yeah. when, we, when I get it next, possible, we'll definitely have to. We'll have to yeah, link up. Absolutely, we'll, we'll game for sure. Um, okay, what about your most anticipated movie for next year? Ooh, oh man, I would say I see the only movies I can think of. Um, oh well, I see the only movie I'm really looking forward to is not next year; it's next month. And that's what's kind of forever. Right. Um, I mean, that that's the movie I'm, I'm really waiting for. Um, I guess I could kind of say um, Black Adam because I just can't believe it actually came out. Because, I am you know, very we've, surprised, too. We've only been waiting 15 years. So, <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I've, I said it on my show. And, and so it did my co-host, Unique DNA. We were both extremely skeptical that it would ever happen. Um and I think I think at least once a year we commented on how Black uh, Black Adam was just not going to happen because it had been ten years, eleven years, twelve years, etc. But you know what, year fifteen was the charm. So now we we've, we've we've got it. Um, but I can't really think of anything for like next year really that um, except for you know anything on the MCU slate. I'm pretty much you know looking forward to. So that would include you know um, Captain America: New World Order and um, Quantum Mania. Um, you know, all those on, on, the, on the horizon outside of, of those, you know, films. Um, I can't think of anything really in the near, that near of the future that will be coming out that I'm really looking forward to, you know, to, to seeing. Um, well, let me, let me jump in there just because that was, we were going to talk about that anyway, upcoming Marvel movies for next year in 2024. Uh, we got Black Panther coming out in November. By the time this podcast airs, it'll be last month. So hopefully you'll have seen it by then. Hopefully all have seen it by then. Uh, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, The Marvels, Captain America New World Order, Thunderbolts, and then Blade. Um, and I think that's all within 2023, 2024. Right. So with those upcoming Marvel properties, which one of those are you most excited about? It was Blade, but now with all the rumors and of problems coming out of, for it, I don't know 
I don't know if how that's, that's going to be delayed or, or delayed, or I just don't know what's going to happen with it. I don't know if it's going to be as good as I hope it should be right? because of the level of quality of talent that you have with Marshall Hala Ali. Um, it's, it's just, it would be, I'm scared that it's going to not be done very well and they're going to waste the talent that they have uh, in Marshall Hala. And that would be a disgrace because Blade deserves deserves a lot of shine because Blade kicked off the MCU uh, unofficially. And right. Being that first successful comic book movie that wasn't Batman or Superman. And it was, you know, and Snipes did a fantastic job with that. So, Do you think they'll have uh, Snipes cameo? There needs to be a Snipes cameo. If if they don't, it's a real missed opportunity. That's, Absolutely. That, that'd be a shame. A, a Snipes cameo in some way, whether it's a multiverse cameo, there needs to be a Wesley Snipes as played cameo somewhere within the MCU. Maybe and, 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 that, and that to me is just paying homage to the movie that kicked off this the success of comic book movies. Because the success of Blade kicked off the success of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. It kicked off the success of Fox's X-Men, even though it was a travesty in my eyes. Um, <laughs> a lot of it, yeah. You know, but it kicked off that superhero movie kick that we're still into. Right. Because um, without that, we don't have a Fox uh, superhero series. We don't have an MCU. Um, we don't have the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy without the success of Blade. So... You know, help pay Wesley Snipes taxes, put him in, you know, a, a little cameo, let him say two lines or, or something, you know, that's reminiscent of, of, of Blade and, you know, you know, and put, and put him on. It doesn't even have to be in the Blade movie, but just put him somewhere within the MCU as a, you know, recognition of what Blade did for uh, comic book movies, period. Right. And, and, and they did it in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Like, they put... Uh, Krasinski in as Reed Richards like the fans were clamoring for it and yeah. so they did it oh you got big opinions about that well, what do you well, what was the heavy side for Matt I do, okay one <laughs> I, I think it's cool that they gave that they gave the fans what they asked for I think that's awesome I just I look at Krasinski and I don't see Reed Richards I don't either I don't he either looks, he looks like a goober <laughs> and, and, and this is not to be offending any goobers. Goobers are very nice people. Listen, um, as a goober, just, he, I, he, I feel you. He just looks like a slow-witted goober. He doesn't look like the smartest man in the world. Um, the and and you know the gray in in his temples did not look good. It's just not it's not a good look for him, in my personal opinion. I have no problem with Krasinski as an actor. I just don't buy him in certain roles. I don't buy him as Jack Ryan. He okay. doesn't look tough enough. He he just he looks soft. And there's nothing wrong with having a soft face because in that one movie he did with Manny Moore as a couple was really cute. I forget the name of it, um, <laughs> but it was really cute. It was a good movie, and they played a very believable couple. And it was good. He looks like a regular dude. He just, but he looks soft. He doesn't look like a Jack Ryan. Now, granted, when you follow up a chisel jaw guy like, um, like Alec Baldwin, or you follow up a Harrison Ford, everybody almost looks soft compared to those guys. Right. So that's not exactly all his fault. But, um, granted, I will say he he looks the part. 
just as much as Ben Affleck looked the part, which, you know, Ben Affleck is soft, too. Um, he's just, he's, Daredevil? Oh, don't even get me on Daredevil. I thought that you were, that's what you're talking about. What are you talking about, Ben Affleck playing? Some of all fears. I mean, he played Jack Ryan. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All yeah. Jack Ryan characters. Yeah, all the Jack Ryans. And Chris Pine was an okay Jack Ryan, but not that good. What um, do you have against the Daredevil, Ben Affleck? Oh, my God, that was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. When Ben Affleck crying in 99% of his films, it's like, dude, I'm sick of seeing you cry. I'm just, and I know, I know certain actors have their things. I always get on Harrison Ford about the pointing because almost every movie he's pointing at something. You know, Tom Cruise is always sprinting for some reason. Um, Will Smith has added that to his repertoire. Will Smith is always sprinting for some reason. Um, you know, every, everybody has this little thing. And Ben Affleck, unfortunately, was he's crying in every movie. I, I, you know, I didn't need to see Daredevil cry. That was just. <laughs> you didn't need to. You didn't know that you needed to. But you no, I, I really to. didn't need to see Daredevil <laughs> cry. That was just. Oh. Okay. All right. We're going to move into one more, one more thing here. And then um, I'm going to have you rate this football team of mine. Um, So big acquisitions are happening all over the entertainment media industries uh, to include video game industries, to include movie industries. Uh, We talked about on your podcast, we talked about the uh, MGM acquisition by Amazon. Um, you know, back in the day, it was it was nothing to see an acquisition because they weren't as big. Like I remember when SquareSoft turned into Square Enix, uh, yes. and it was just kind of like a a blip on my radar. I I still always held some kind of like uh, really un untold biases against the new Square Enix over SquareSoft. It it was a weird thing in my head. Um, you know, Fox was purchased by Disney uh, for what was it? I, I think it was four. No, it was way more than that. Several billion, yeah. several billion dollars. Uh, Minecraft was was bought out by Microsoft for like two, two and a half billion dollars. Uh, but recently we've been seeing some very, very large acquisitions to include Microsoft being uh, bought or Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard for sixty nine billion dollars. Nice. Um so I wanted to ask you, Matt, what do you think about this kind of consolidation when it comes to the video game industry, uh, specifically about Microsoft Activision uh, acquisition, but also the consolidation that's happening under the Microsoft banner, under uh, the the like Epic banner, under um, uh, PlayStation does it a little bit too, like they bought Insomniac. Like, yeah. what do you think about that consolidation within that industry specifically? I hate it. I, um, okay. I, and I only hate it. I hate it because I am a firm believer that competition drives innovation and creativity. I agree. So that is why I hate it. Part of me is happy for them because I like to see, I want to see everybody get paid. Um, right. I am someone who wants to see everybody succeed as much as they possibly can succeed. And if success for a small or, you know, whatever size um, development company or film studio or whatever means that they get acquired and they make millions and millions or billions of dollars, I'm excited for that. That's, that's, you know, you, you did what you, you did what you were trying to do. Um, 
unfortunately, I am of the, I believe that the more and more there is conglomeration and acquisition, the less and less the quality of a lot of the things that we get um, is going to to be. I think the deterioration will start to occur. Um, so to give an example, um, pro wrestling. I have a pro wrestling podcast, the Cheek Nation, uh, called Breaking Ring Rust. And as a wrestling fan through most of my life, once Vince McMahon beat WCW and did not have any competition anymore, when he defeated his competition and then bought his competition, the quality of wrestling deteriorated. Um, it went up a little bit because he had, you know, he brought in talent from WCW and ECW because they had closed. And so there was fresh faces and some new storylines involving those fresh faces. But once those faces were no longer fresh to that product, the product began to get very stale. And there was a lack of ingenuity. There was a lack of taking chances or taking risks to see how things would react with the audience. Um, and that did not make for enjoyable television. Um, I believe that if Sony now that, that not only Insomniac but they also recently purchased Bungie, um, right? You know Microsoft purchasing Bethesda, yep. um, and all these. It was one thing when when they were buying up small studios, but when you're buying up Blizzard and big studios, now. I'm concerned because now you're turning in what was a, let's say, 25 company race into a 10 company race and eventually into a five company race. And then eventually Disney owns the world and we all have to, you know, <laughs> bow before the mouse or, uh, or live as rebels. Um, <laughs> I, I will fight. That's pretty much where it's going right now. I will fight in the uh, underground against Disney as the Rebel Alliance with you, Matt. If you are uh, if you are starting said said alliance, I will be right there, uh, carrying my fast pass to hell <laughs> right along with you. I am I am I am officially uh, recruiting for the day when uh, the Disney overlords <laughs> try to impose upon us all um, the goofy brown shirts. <laughs> yes, the goofy brown shirts, and then. And the uh, and, and the Donald Duck Brigade, um, and uh, and Mini Spy Network, and yeah, yeah, it's huh. it's it's uh, it's sad because I you know was a Disney kid and I loved it, but you know when when they decided to be the overlords of everybody, it's gonna be it's gonna be an ugly fight. And I I agree with you. Like right now, we're in a place where a Disney corporation owning all the Marvel characters is good because we get to see them all in the same universe and we get to see and enjoy like our childhood nostalgia come to life. But eventually when Disney owns everything, like what impetus do you have at that point to innovate? What impetus do you have to really, really stretch your creative muscles? I mean, you don't until some other competition comes up and then they're very quickly bought out because everyone's got a price and yeah. it just, it goes like, so, um, so on that same front, we've had a lot of mergers and acquisitions when it comes to movie studios and production houses, uh, discovery slurping up Warner bros, uh, as recently as I, I think this last summer is when the deal closed or earlier this spring, I can't recall. Um, Matt, what the hell is going on over at WB? 
what is going on with the the DCEU as far as you can make it? It's it's slipshod and haphazard at best, and it's malicious and terrible at worst. What do you make of this, Matt? I think the Warner Brothers are rolling in their grave. Oh, my um, goodness. They have to be. They have to be. The Not that they're the greatest people to begin with, but, um, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I didn't I didn't know Discovery had that type of juice because I don't I know either. nobody that, that watches Discovery. But um, except for my wife because she likes to watch those ghost shows. And, you know, like I said before, I don't play with the devil like that. So um, I didn't know they had that type of juice to buy Warner Brothers. So when I hear about this and then I hear that they're going to, and I see that they start to cut all these things out of HBO Max, which makes no sense. I mean, why are you taking away content? Because you want to add your Discovery content that no one wants to watch? What? I don't, I don't get that. Right. Um, but you have, well, Hamada steps down, which should have happened um, anyway. And the uh, accusations against him from Ray Fisher seem are becoming more and more credible every day. Right. Um, Man, talk about a guy that was vindicated, right? Absolutely, yes, and and rightfully so. And you need and when you need people like that gone, if if there's going to be a bright tomorrow for the DCEU or for or for Warner Brothers uh, Studios uh, and Pictures as they try to move forward. And but it's it's but it's a mess. It is a jumbled mess. They don't seem to have any direction on where they're going and what they're doing. So in particular to the DCEU, it's failing because they don't have, they have no rudder. They are, they are simply a rudderless ship. And what they continue to do is continue to try to play the hits in hopes that it will repeat success, which is why they keep rebooting Batman and doing Batman early stories or close to origin stories. Um, Thankfully, the last, the last, you know, um, the, 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 the Batman didn't rehash, you know, the death of Batman's parents again, but um, it was still an early, you know, early right. on beginning Batman style of movie. Um, if they do Superman again, they're probably going to start from beginning again, which is just dumb. They should just bring Cavill back and do a Man of Steel too. And um, that's and, the thing, and, like, and they've got forward. Cavill. They right. have him. And he's still and young. Had him, and he's still young, and he he wants to be Superman. He wants yes. to be in the role, and they're and 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 we don't want anybody else. Why are you fumbling the ball this bad, like, Warner Brothers? Like, what like, the heck? I don't know. And the, and here's the thing: they could do two Superman movies with two actors, and fans would be satisfied. You could do Man of Steel two with Cavill, which is what we, which is what fans want, and you could do a older Superman, um, or even a uh, or an injustice storyline with Brandon Routh as Superman, and fans would be happy and satisfied. Because fans, even though I can't stand the CW shows, I went nuts, and a lot of fans went nuts when we had Brandon Routh appear in the in the crossover episodes between Flash and Supergirl and um, Heroes of Tomorrow or whatever. It's called. Oh, when they did like Crisis or whatever. Yes, when they did Crisis, yeah, and through the yeah. through the Arrowverse. Um, Ralph is in fantastic shape. The gray mm-hmm. looks great in his temples. Now, if you now if you, I was going to cast somebody to play Reed Richards, I'm casting Brandon Ralph. That's a good. That's a good casting. He that's would a- be 
fantastic because when he played Ray, um, when he played the Atom, you be- you believe him as an intelligent, smart guy, as as a super nerd. But he but he has the chiseled looks, and he he doesn't sound dumb. Krasinski's accent, like when he speaks, he doesn't doesn't sound that bright. I'm sure he's a very bright person. He just doesn't sound it. And well, and you he, need somebody you need someone bright. to sound bright, you know. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and then he was like, "Hey, Wanda, you know, you know what he could do with his voice. You better not shut him up. Don't do that." He wasn't which a very was, bright was, guy there. No, yeah, Wanda, don't. Yeah, you know what Black Bolt can do. Yeah, don't do anything <laughs> like close his mouth for him. Yeah, yeah, like, it, yeah. Please don't explode his head backwards. Thanks yeah. very much. Yeah, don't 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 exploit the very secret that I just told you that I really had no <laughs> business saying. And poor poor Anson Mount, like, come on, like he had to go out like that. Oh, oh, but it's man. so cool that he got to be Black Bolt in like a good, faithful representation of Black Bolt, even though he got his head blown off like right away. And even though it was like a quick cameo thing, like we got to see a Black Bolt with, you know. Yes, because the human show, mess. unfortunately, was, was bad. It was um, bad. Yeah. And I love the Inhumans as a, as a comic book fan. I've got many issues with Inhumans, but that was really a bad portrayal of him. So to seeing had to see Anson be there, um, got to re, you know portray that role, um, kind of leading to that that Inhumans was a different for uh, a different universe in humans. So maybe try to salvage that that travesty a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was very unsmart of, of Reed Richards to to say. So uh, give me a Brandon Routh Reed Richards, and I will be extremely happy. And DC seems to be fumbling what it's doing with the stars. So, hey, if you can get DC stars to come over to Marvel, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. Bring Well, there were rumors that uh, Cavill was going to potentially be like a Captain Britain. Um, yes, I heard that too. And also, I, I don't think it was like a real credible rumor, but someone said uh, Cavill for Doctor Doom. And I don't know how I feel about a Cavill for Doctor Doom. But he's too. He's if, too pretty. If yeah, to cover up that face, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's you don't and like, and that's one problem with certain characters in superhero movies. If it's a character that's always behind a face covering mask, um, it takes away, obviously, from the star power when you get a star. So if you want to do a accurate portrayal of certain characters that are always going to be in a mask, you really can't spend the money. On getting a big star, right? And because that's that's what hurt Will Smith's Deadshot was he was he was Mike Lowry from Bad Boys, just dressed in Deadshot's clothing without the mask. But the most right. of the time you see Deadshot, he's in the mask, right? And it's because it's a part of the character, it's a part of who he is. He's a different person in the mask. And Doctor Doom, you can't hire Henry Cavill to be behind a metal mask ninety percent of the time. Like it just just doesn't work. It just doesn't work unless they're willing to, to pay the money for it, you know. Um, and he's okay with not being um, his face being featured. You know, most stars just aren't okay with that. But if he would, you know, be okay with that, then I'd be all for it. But I think Captain Britain would be a better choice for him um, anyway. And uh, especially since we've got Jon Snow as uh, you know, we got Kit Harrington as the Black Knight. You know, that's right. going to be coming out. So you're going to have some Cap- Captain Britain and Black Knight thing. So I think those two would uh, look good as a kind of a tag team out there with swords, you know, fighting. 
some 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 pretty some pretty dope stuff. I I just don't know if I would want Cavill hidden behind the mask. You can get a talented up and coming actor to make a star behind the Doctor Doom mask right. than having to get an established face. Right. Yeah, and and I'm sure there are clauses in their contracts and stuff that their agents put forward that's like you've got to show this amount of his face on the screen when he's on screen and stuff like that. Yes. Um which is hard in a superhero thing. Um I mean they pulled it off so far where, you know, secret identities aren't like a huge part of of any of this stuff really. Um so they've been able to to get it that way. Um but well, they're going to have to stop that, though, because, you know, the uh, they revealed that the Sokovia Accords were, have been uh, repealed. Right. They did in um, She-Hulk. Yes. So and God, I can't wait to see that Daredevil. Uh, where can the, the good people of Culture Jack find the good people of the original Jeek podcast? Yes. Uh, so in any podcast app of choice, pretty much you can just search either the original Jeek podcast or if you want to hear both of our shows on uh, the original Jeek podcast or breaking ring rust, our pro wrestling show. You can just search for Jeek nation, just J E E K nation. Um, and the both options will come up. Um, we also have a, uh, a very un special website, <laughs> just Jeek nation dot dot com that you can check out as well, where we do have some articles and such. Um, I do 99% of the production and writing and editing and such. So um, it's not as updated as I would like it to be. And as you know, I am doing a whole lot of different things. So, uh, but you can check us out there those ways. Um, also a great way to check us out is on Facebook. If you just search Jig Nation, you will find the Jig Nation page as well as the Jig Nation community um, on a Facebook group that you can join um, as well as within there, a link to our discord uh as well, uh, if you prefer Discord over Facebook. Right on. Uh, yeah, guys, go check out the, the original Jeek podcast. It's a whole lot of fun. And like I said, it's got a lot of the stuff that the Culture Jack podcast doesn't. It's got, like, we tread in the same waters, but they go a little bit deeper. And also, they talk about sports stuff. So if you're big into football and football season or basketball season coming up, maybe it's past. Maybe they never had another basketball season after 1992. I don't know. That's why you have to listen to the original Jeek podcast. Matt, thank you so much for joining us at the uh, Culture Jack podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we hope to have you back. Uh, everybody, if you have not already gone, gone and subscribed to the original Jeek podcast, uh, please uh, take a moment to do so. Give them a listen. See what you think. Matt, Any any anything else you want to say to the Culture Jack folks? No, but I just thank you for uh, for having me, Dustin. It's always a pleasure. I can't wait for uh, further returns uh, to Culture Jack Podcast, and I hope that your listeners enjoyed having me as well. Heck yeah, I'm I'm sure they did. We'll uh, we'll see you later, Matt. And for all of you out there listening, if you are not already subscribed or following the Culture Jack Podcast, you can do that. We're out on all your all your major podcasting platforms: Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pandora, Amazon Music, all the all the rest. Whatever you you listen to us on. If you don't, um, you know we got some stuff on Facebook and YouTube and and the like. Social media uh, links are in the description below, as well as the link to the original Jeek podcast i'm listening to it on apple podcast you can listen to it on what you want to listen to it other than that i hope your week was wonderful and i hope your weekend is even better cheers mm-hmm.
thank you for listening to the Culture Jack Podcast. If you like the show and you'd also like to support it, there are a bunch of ways to do just that. Be sure to tell a friend, a co-worker, or fellow bus passenger about this little radio broadcast. Please visit any and all of the sponsors of today's episode. Make sure to subscribe or follow on the streamer you're listening with right now. If you turn on automatic downloads, new episodes will be waiting for you regardless of the internet free spelunking that you're planning for this weekend. You could also get like a massive Culture Jack tattoo, preferably on your lower back or perhaps your pubic region, maybe with like the little revolvers about the hips that some people do, maybe wrapped up by thorns and roses and whatnot. It could be very nice, very tasteful. Check out our social media, YouTube channel, other projects, and get in touch with the show using the links in the show description. Have a comment or question featured on the show or would like to secure one of our coveted guest spots on the podcast to talk anime or video games with me? Email is probably your best bet, though my DMs are always open, baby. Uh, Another easy way to support the show is by buying my book. I wrote a book. It's a fairy tale, a long poem. It's called The Obsidian Pillar. It's a joy to read and a delight to be read to. Check it out. Links are also in the description there. Thank you again for stopping by and be sure to tune in for the next episode. Okay, thanks. Goodbye. And that's the podcast, man. Thank yeah, you so much, baby. man. And you said you were rusty. I, I, look, look, man, I'm trying my best.